dogs have 300,000 olfactory sensors in their noses. Those are the little cells that pick up smell. 300,000 and they, their sense of smell is 100 to 10, 100,000 to 10,000 times stronger than ours. The part of the dog's brain that's devoted to smell in the brain is 40 times greater than people's. I get so excited about this topic, sharing the extraordinary qualities that our dogs, our little dogs that live in our home, our little mundane doggies are like these little superheroes. They can do all these things. Carbon 60 or C60 first gained notoriety back in 2012 from a study that increased the lifespan of rats by a whopping 90%. Since that breakthrough study, scientists have conducted thousands of studies showing C60 not only has a very real potential extending lifespan, but also has been shown to be better than any other substance ever studied to reduce inflammation, eliminate free radicals, provide powerful antioxidants, and more. After the famous rat study, scientists at Live Longer Labs realized a human, not industrial, formula needed to be made. That's when they set out to be the first lab in the world to focus on what is best for human consumption of C60. This led Live Longer Labs to pioneer a high-quality, 99.9% pure C60 refined without solvents in oils that work best for humans, and that is black seed oil. Look it up yourself. Black seed oil has been known as a universal healer for millennia, and more modern studies confirmed its benefits as a potent antioxidant and for anti-inflammation. Simply, it's not like other oils. It's better. To try this amazing product, go to sarahwestall.com under shop. Remember, members of Ebeneer save 10% and all listeners can save 5% using the coupon found at sarahwestall.com under shop. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. This show is going to be a much more upbeat way of looking at transhumanism and what the powerful, amazing things animals can do. They're living souls they're living creatures and they're so amazing and so we're gonna say you know what I love my dogs I think that people who listen to my show a lot know is I just love my dogs they're so amazing and they're such a bright spot in today's world and so we're gonna talk about the amazing things about dogs but we're gonna talk about other animals too and they're just their their senses and what they can do I gotta tell you it does tie into transhumanism because they've been doing a lot of research with people's DNA and animal DNA, trying to get human beings to be able to evolve, you know, like they want us to be able to hear better and see better and all these things. And what can they do to our DNA to change it so that we are better human beings, if you will. And so they go through these tests and human babies are born with really messed up things. And I think that now most of you can believe this is actually going on. You know, maybe 10 years ago, I wouldn't believe it was going on to the level that it is, but it is. And so it's it's an interesting way to look at transhumanism because we're going to talk about the amazing abilities of animals. And then you can get an idea from that is what they're actually trying to do to human beings with, you know, gene editing technology. And you can go from there. And there's more to transhumanism than this. I mean, they're using, obviously, they're using graphene oxide to connect us to graphene oxide and other technology to connect us to the Internet, to be able to connect our brains together so that we can work off each other. They want to be able to put computing power that we can tap right into so we can think and be better. But they also want to tap into what animals can do because 
that's not necessarily something they can duplicate with uh, computers or with other types of technology. They need to use their DNA and their their actual biological abilities. So this is a really fascinating discussion about different animals. And I have Megan Blake coming on. She has a show that she had running on PBS about animals. And she's just so focused on animals and knows so much about animals. And her show is nominated for awards and everything else. But it was stopped for a while during COVID. And so hopefully she'll be able to start that back up again. I don't know what they have planned, but she in her area, she does so much training. She does free training for people to learn how to train their dog. And and then she also does Zoom meetings so that you can learn. It's very affordable so that you can learn how to train your dog because there are so many people during COVID that got little puppies. And now there's an avalanche of people bringing their puppies back. And so most of those little critters will probably be put down. It's very sad. Um, I can see how people would do that. And so there's this major essential. She's on this quest to get people to keep their dogs and to keep what, they, what they've gotten, their kitties, whatever. But she specifically works with training dogs. Anyway, so this is just a fun conversation. I hope you stay for it. I hope this gives you a little bit of, of a break from just the really awful stuff that we are enduring right now and we're still being educated on what's happening in this world but we're doing it from another perspective a much brighter lighter fun perspective on how the how cool these animals are and I, I gotta tell you I just love my little my little dog so I hope you out there also have animals that you love as much as I do and can appreciate as much as I do because right now I gotta tell you when you have loved ones, whether it's your spouse or your children or your parents or even little animals uh, that you love, it really helps a lot get through all these issues that we're dealing with. So um, like they say, love is the strongest power in the universe. And I got to tell you, when you have little animals and people that you love around you, it really does make a difference. So before we get into this beautiful conversation, I want to remind you to go to sarahwestall.com sign up for my newsletter and you can go to any page. It's always on the bottom. It should be pretty simple and straightforward. You can sign up for my newsletter. And then while you're there, please support my affiliates. That's the main way I support myself right now. And of course, I do have sarahwessel.tv and Ebeneer, which also supports me, but I have so many less subscribers than I did before after Patreon deleted me. But the other thing is look for C64 Pets because we have that now too. It's just so amazing for your little loved ones to have C60 as well. So look into that while you're there. So let's get into this amazing conversation with Megan Blake. Hi, Megan. Welcome to the program. Hi, Sarah. I am so excited to be here. I love meeting new people and sharing information, especially when it comes to our beautiful little furry family, right? Well, you know, I, I wanted to talk to somebody because animals have these additional senses that we don't have. And we have, you know, like dogs can smell cancer. They can smell strokes. They can smell things. That's how they know, right? I see your yes. dog in the background. 
I know. Awesome. <laughs> no, Love dogs. Let me just interject here. It would not be the same if I didn't have dogs barking in the background. And I lived in LA for many years as an actor. And um, I would do a lot of red carpets with the Humane Society of the United States and all kinds of big organizations for with animal loving celebrities, you know, promoting adoption and all kinds of things. And um, I remember that um, Polly Peretti, who was a star of, I think, NCIS at that time, she said, yeah, we're all here in our beautiful evening gowns, but if you don't have dog hair all over you, you are not cool. So that's kind of the way, I, whenever I'm on a podcast, if you don't hear dogs barking in the background, I'm not legit. So there you go. Oh yeah. Everybody has dogs. You know, you hear dogs barking. I usually try to, you know, edit it out, but I got two dogs too. I love dogs. But the thing is, is they have these other senses and it's been so traumatic in our world, right? And I wanted to ask you, how is it affecting animals? Because they know when you're sad, they know when you're stressed, they know all these things. It help us understand, you know, what our animals are going through. Yes, that's such a great question. And it is so true. And I think it's something that everybody can relate to now, especially like you said, with the pandemic, people are so much more stressed. People are learning a new now. They're learning how to navigate. And so many people got puppies during the pandemic and then realized that they can't take care of them. Um, you need the glass. Um, sorry. <laughs> so hold on one second. I know you said you had things. waving your leave and take care of the dog. Yeah. My doggy, we, we put her out in the other room because she was um, making a lot of noise and my husband was there. So I'm having him go out and take care of the dog. And like you said, Sarah, the dogs are part of our family. So this is all kind of like managing little toddlers, you know, whenever you've got dogs oh, or, yes. or kitties or horses or anything. So yes, back to dogs picking up on our emotions. They absolutely do. And they do have senses that are stronger than ours. For example, the sense of smell right? We all know yeah. that we've all walked our dog and seen their noses on the ground, smelling, 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 especially if you have a beagle or a bloodhound or even a German shepherd, there's some breeds that are much more, um, more likely to be doing that. So if you get a beagle, if you adopt a beagle, just know that's going to be <laughs> one of your challenges in training. You know? Oh, they're yeah. so awesome. Our dog has to smell our pants every morning. It, we put on a new pair of pants. Yes. They have to smell it. I don't yes. know why. Absolutely. But my husband, me. Well, I, it's because they want to see where you're going and where you have been and what that pair of pants is for. And they know, they know what your shoes are for walking. These shoes are for dress up. Um, super smiley. My, my spokes dog for, for um, 13 years, he would always, when I'd get dressed, he would literally, I see, I would see him look up and down and up and down. He was figuring, are we going to a red carpet? Is she going running? Is she going out to see the horses? They, they really are so intelligent. But back to your original question, um, dogs have 300,000 olfactory sensors in their noses. Those are the little cells that pick up smell. 300,000 and they, their sense of smell is 100 to 10, 100,000 to 10,000 times stronger than ours. A hundred thousand. Wow. I thought it was like a couple times. hundred times. It's no, is, wow. no, uh, this is what, yes, this is what they're saying. So, um, and there's more. Can I ask you when they smell sure. each other's behinds or yeah. they'll smell, you know, poop? Exactly. They're not smelling now they're not what we're smelling. smelling. I mean, right. we're they're smelling the smelling. bad stuff. They can smell other things. Well, they're not just to them, it's, it's, it's information. It's information. Let me say one more, one more fact about this. The part of the dog's brain that's devoted to smell in the brain is 40 times greater than people's. Let me get wow. some information out here. Yeah. So not only do they have these cells in their nose, but then the brain, the part that picks up smell is 40 times greater than humans. And there's more. 
each nostril, we've all seen our dogs smelling the air where their nose goes up and down, up and down, especially if you have a long nose dog, like a German Shepherd, up and down, up and down. They're literally smelling the air. They're moving the air around to smell it. And each nostril works independently. So they can tell oh. what direction the smell is coming from. So think of their nose as like a compass. Is that wild to think about that? It is. And they can go back in time because they're smelling what's on the ground, what may have happened days ago. Think of bloodhounds searching. Yes. For people. So they they have you you your very first question was they seem to have senses that are greater than ours or different or more than ours. And they absolutely do. That is not only how we perceive our dogs being so attuned to us, but there's some science behind that as well. And then back to what your question about dogs sm smelling each other's rear parts. Well, they're not just smelling what does that dog's butt, pardon my language, smell like, <laughs> but they're getting lots of information. When did they eat last? What sex are they? Are they, um, you know, are they, is it a neutered male or an intact male? Is this female, um, is she fixed or is she receptive to, to mate, to have puppies? I mean, they learn so many things about the dogs by smelling that part because that is a you know, a very smelly part, but think about that. So to them, it's information. That's why they do that, especially meet a dog. Yeah, yeah it's just incredible that they're doing all that. And you know, I have Sherry Edwards on, I don't know if you know her, but she can hear hundreds of times better than us. I'm not sure that I, we, I don't know exactly how much better, but she was born with this X-Men capability, right? And there are people that are born with these, you know, I've seen people who do, um, you know, I've seen stories on like people who had just born with all these in incredible capabilities, but she was born with being able to hear hundreds of times better enough. She can hear when people are lying. She can hear people's health she can hear all these things, but a dog with their ability to smell can do this, do it too, you know? And, and she was saying it's very similar. That is so interesting. That's very interesting. And like you just said, different humans do have different, I know Sherry is extraordinary in this, but different humans do have cap different capabilities. You know, some of us have an extra sense of taste. These may become wine stewards or sommeliers. And I also happen to have a super good sense of hearing. Um, I'm an actor as well. And one time I remember we were on a movie set and actually it was for Dawson's Creek, a television series. And um, we were all set up, the lights were all on and we did like a rehearsal with the camera and everything. And then they stopped and which is very common. They got to adjust the lights, but we, we were all just literally standing in our spots, ready to go for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And we're standing in our spots. Then that part is unusual. And I asked one of the assistant directors, you know, what, what's going on? Why are, why are we standing here? They said, there's some noise. The sound person's picking up and they can't find it. And this is a trained sound person and the director. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and I said to them, I said, I have a really strong sense of hearing. If you have everyone stand still, I really think I can find this. And I walked around the room one time and there was a refrigerator making a little tiny hum. And it took me like 15 seconds. I'm like, that's it. And they unplugged the refrigerator and it was fine. So, wow. <laughs> so I'm not, maybe that's why I like dogs so much. I got a little time. <laughs> that's really great. Joking. No, that's really yeah, great. I, but one of the other things that they do is when, you know, before a tsunami, for example, all the yes. animals. Oh my gosh, of course. Out and we and were saved. Yeah, right, right, right. So there's so much to talk about. I'm so excited. Please forgive me if I just start talking over you. I don't mean to. I just, I get so excited about this topic, sharing the extraordinary qualities that our dogs are 
little dogs that live in our home, our little mundane doggies are like these little superheroes. They can do all these things. And um, going back, let me just briefly go back to the, the sense of smell. May I do that? Can I talk about the sense of smell no, a little yeah, bit? Keep talking um, about, we got to get back to the trauma too, how they sense that. And then I got- That's what I was going to say. The dogs can sense changes in smell of their person. That's how they can some, well, obviously we've seen bomb sniffing dogs, um, people, the dogs who search for people who are lost in the woods, the cadaver dogs that were used at 9-11. Um, and, and now getting to what you just said, dogs can also smell the rise and fall of chemicals, chemistry in our right. bodies. Yeah. So when they know a person, um, chemicals like oxytocin, you know, is, is happy chemical. So if someone's overwhelmed with oxytocin and the happy chemicals, the dogs can sense this. That's why that's one of the reasons they take body cues as well. I, uh, dogs communicate with energy and body language. Um, and that's the one that we see mostly that if you're all happy and good, happy energy, happy voice, but they're smelling that oxytocin, they can tell if you're happy. Dogs know, can sense yeah. the smell. Also, maybe, maybe, I don't know, this, but you know, when we're afraid, we produce boom, adrenaline, a big hit of adrenaline, boom, goes yeah. through our bodies, our, our, um, you know, we get the goosebumps all over. Um, dogs can smell these change in chemistry, this change in chemistry. And this is also how they can predict or, or they can um, sense sometimes cancer growing in people. Yeah. They can sense smell tumors growing in people, um, seizures. diabetes, seizures. Perfect example. When someone's about to have a seizure, their brain chemistry changes drastically and the dogs are literally smelling the change in chemistry in the human. So that is an amazing thing that capability that they have and also benefit for humans that these dogs can be trained to literally save the lives of their people. And oh, on the same, same topic, um, the pheromones that people release, every person has an individual smell. You know, sometimes you can smell that like mothers say, oh, my baby smells so good. I know exactly what my little baby smells like. We've all heard that, right? Or maybe your loved one, you know, not the perfume, but you just know how they smell and we love it. Well, dogs smell their people as well. And um, one time I was, we lived in Malibu for over 20 years when I was working as an actor and um, my dog had a little lab dog. She was adopted. We actually found, we found her on the street, but the sweetest, sweetest little dog, her name was Spirit. And she was just sweet, sweet, sweet. So we'd always wiggle. We'd always say that she was just happy to be any place. And we had a person, a man come over to potentially clear the brush in our yard. We've all heard that California has all this brush on the hills, the fires and everything. And this man just had a weird energy. And spirit came and glued herself to my side the whole time. I'd take one step, she'd step up. Yeah. And under her, very quietly in her throat, I heard this just under her breath. She was, there was this low growl the entire time. And we didn't hire that man. <laughs> there was something off with him. And my dog completely, completely knew that. So they can also, um, like maybe another person may not have picked up on the subtleties of this man's um, energy. I'm very sensitive as well, having worked with animals and I'm a yoga teacher as well and an actor. So I'm super sensitive to things in my environment, but maybe someone else may not have and may have hired him. I mean, I'm not saying he would have done anything bad, but there was something not right. And my dog knew it and she let me know. So, so they can help us in many, many ways. 
Well, I had that similar situation. My dog is loves everybody. I mean, she has the happy piece, yeah. you know, with, with strangers. She'll just decide she's going to follow a stranger yes. to the car. No, what are you doing? <laughs> but, but there was a guy that came over to do plumbing and she did yeah. not have it. It's the fir- only person. And we were just thinking she had a little bit of growling and everything else. So yeah, that was pretty interesting. Yes. Yes. May I tell one more story about that? Do we, I don't even know. How long are we talking? How much time do we have? I could we, talk forever. And we have about an hour. So, you know, let's Oh, do yay. It. Then let me tell one more story. Cause this is, this is the most amazing of all. And I don't really understand, um, how my dog knew this. So let's just, let's just talk about this. Well, actually, maybe it was the sense of smell back to the sense of smell, the science. I don't know how they would determine this, but they said to get an idea of how, how cute their sense of smell is. If you put like one half tablespoon of sugar in a pool, in an Olympic sized pool, the dog could tell you that there was sugar in that pool. I guess they just did it with mathematics saying that that's how how strong their sense of smell is. Um, so I was at an event. Um, I had a television series for pets on PBS called Animal Attractions TV. And I have a yep. podcast for pets now on Pet Life Radio. And so I was hosting one of these big events presented by the Humane Society of the United States, an award show. And um, we were at a big fancy hotel in LA. And um, that, so I was walking around greeting people, just kind of the meet and greet. And my husband was holding, taking care of my, my spokes dogs, Angel and Super Smiley. And Angel's a big German shepherd and they both were trained therapy dogs with pet partners, which is highly, highly, highly respected. Smiley was a crisis response dog. Um, so they're very calm, very grounded. You know, kids come up to them, adults come up to them, super, super chill dogs and trained to be this way. So, but while I was just mingling in the crowd, a man walked up to me and I won't say what he said, but he just looked at me, not okay, and said something really inappropriate. So I'll just let your imagination go there. And I was just like, you know, I was the host. So I was just like, oh, I have to go over here. And I walked away, complete non-incident, but you know, it was not okay, right? Sure, yeah. So I never saw him again in the crowd, big crowd. And I'm, you know, speaking at the podium, my dogs are there with my husband. And then the whole thing's over. And it was one of those big, big, big hotels where you go down where the parking garage is underneath it, huge, fancy hotel. And to get your parking ticket stamped, um, you stand in a long, long line in a, a, a long hallway. And I was at the end of the line and I'm holding Angel on a leash and I'm talking to the person in front of me and Angel's in a perfect, you know, sit heel looking forward. And all of a sudden I hear this, whoa, 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 like a German shepherd war police dog okay my my leash wasn't being pulled because she was right next to me I looked down and it's angel and she's facing backwards and I look where she's looking and she's looking literally a good 40 50 yards away that man had just turned the corner and was walking to get in line now angel had never had contact with him I didn't even see him behind me how did she know what she was doing is she was saying She wasn't pulling on the leash to go get him. She was just saying, I see you. I see you. You stay away from us because I see you. That's, I have chills right now. That is one of the most amazing stories I have ever heard. And I experienced it because he was a good 40 or 50 yards away, but she sensed it. That's incredible. Dogs are incredible and animals are incredible. You know, some of the the birds that they, you know, they're, ability to see and they're just incredible things and, yes. and bats and whales now one I thing that, that location 
Yeah. yeah. One thing that I'm learning, and that's why it's important for us to understand animals and their traits is that, you know, the transhumanism in, uh, agenda, what they're trying to do is take these, tr- these advanced traits of animals and, and infuse them into human beings with technology. For example, yeah, they're, they're, it's getting, it's, that's what they want to increase. They want to uh, make us better by taking these incredible skills that an animal has and then make somebody superhuman. Do you mean like with, with DNA? Oh, I don't, I've never heard of this. So I, techno- oh yeah. With eyesight, like, like they can put, well, cause they can do with your eyes. They can directly, like if you're blind, they, your brain is being able, it trans, your eye tra- is a lens that translates that signal yes. to your brain. Well, they know how to do the signal directly to your brain. And so like you could be, you know, for a blind person, that's amazing. Or you could, they it could is. have a video camera on Mars and you could be here and you could, you could really see Mars as if you were seeing it firsthand. Those kinds of things wow. are amazing, right? They are, but, yep. It's, it's when they get into weird stuff where they want to, you know, change us or use it against us that it gets scary because technology has a really light side and it has a dark side, the light side, there's always all these good things. And then, and then you're like, Oh, wait a minute, but I really want this, but I don't want the band that comes with it. So I always talk about the light side and the dark side technology, but they're, they're figuring out how to take these amazing skills of animals and give it to human beings. And so all researchers are going nuts trying to figure this stuff out with technology because technology can hear better than we can. It can smell better than we can. You know what I mean? Right. And then sending those signals to our brains. Yes. 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 It's the, I think it's the um, thalamus in the brain that actually receives the senses and then transmits it to the, the eyes and that yeah, I feel something, I, I taste something, but um, it does not transmit to the, the olfactory system because I think that's part of the reptilian brain. I may be a little bit off there, but it's so interesting, the different parts of the brain that are actually responsible for our sense of feeling. It's not the skin or our eyes. That's just the lens and the receptor part. The actual sensation comes from the brain, right? That's what yeah. you're saying, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. And, <laughs> and maybe, cool. you know, we're a holistic animal. Like there's all, they, they're, is it all just brain? I don't know, but a lot of it is, you know, <laughs> it's not all different, yes, but I, go ahead. I was going to say, you were talking about the hearing. Do you want to talk about the hearing and the dogs now? Since we're yeah, talking about the yes. Hearing yeah, so- and dogs. And then that sensory, how do they, how do they know dangers coming? Like, uh, the, when a uh, tsunami is coming, the all, for example, right. you know, the, there's so many examples of when there's been huge in earthquakes or volcanoes or tsunamis, the animals get out of harm's way. We don't, we're, do. we're, we're there. Well, right. Well, one theory is their sense of hearing. That's why I, I kind of segued into that. Um, okay. People here, from what I understand about from 20 Hertz to I think 20 kilohertz, but dogs hear 64 hertz and up, just way up, going on and on and on and on. They hear these high pitched sounds. We've all seen those, in quotes, dog whistles. You know, you blow it, and the people can't yeah. hear it, but the dogs do. And um, they're also able to hear the um, subsonic, I guess you'd call it, vibrations and sounds in the earth. Like you mentioned, the ele- the elephants, oh, and that makes they sense. all ran up the mountain when when Thailand had that huge 
tsunami years ago, um, all the, the large animals, the large wild animals, they went to the highest ground possible and people were left, you know, completely unaware. But the fact they knew and, to go to the highest this, ground based on that sound is incredible. Well, I mean, they, they felt it coming from yeah, the they ocean, knew what was coming. So they ran and they sensed it as a danger, but you're right. How do they interpret that as a danger? And, oh, here's one thing that um, is so interesting because when dogs smell something or hear something that we cannot, we might call that, I'm sure there is some instinct involved. There's probably a lot of instinct involved with that, but I'm talking about the actual measurable scientific, um, you know, senses, like they can hear this, this frequency, they can smell this, this many smells, but there is also instinct involved with the dogs and the elephants. But now let's go back to people. You know, we've all had, most of us have had experiences where all of a sudden the back of your, your hair stands up on your neck or you get chill bumps. So you're like, don't go in there, right? I know I've yeah. had experiences like this. Now here's the difference though. Humans, well, they use their intellect, their cerebral cortex, the front of their brain to either um, sometimes to talk themselves out of it. Like, oh, that was silly. Why is my hair standing up? You know, straighten up, just go in the room. Or, you know, they, they will just keep, keep driving over that bridge when some like a little instinct says, don't go over that bridge. Don't get on that airplane. So they'll use their intellect to, um, to kind of come kind of fight with that and just move through it. Whereas dogs and animals don't. They get an instinct, they get a hit with their nose, a hit with their ears, and they act on it. They don't have that, that extra layer that we have that in a way cuts us off from the true reality. And that's why I believe on a certain level, animals have much deeper wisdom, much more purity of spirit and connection than humans do because they act because they know. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, some people think that all of our Wi-Fi, all of our technology, all that stuff is is making it so that we can't connect to source. Like we can't connect our senses ah. and we're losing our senses because of that. And that we have additional like spiritual senses and mental senses and we just can't connect. And so th there's an interesting, like before, before we had electricity or before we had all these, these gadgets, um we could we could connect more that's the the theories that yes, people well, are saying i yeah. i i personally um think that <laughs> i know that for me I'll, i won't talk for other people but I, I do observe it i mean my 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 observation and my opinion on that is that that is what that is but that's just my observation and opinion so uh, what i can talk to is to me personally and i've always been very 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 connected with animals as a little little child it's like i knew what they were feeling i knew what they were thinking i was very connected with trees and felt like i could sit amongst the trees and hear beautiful poetry and i thought everyone did that until one day someone was talking to me and they said wait what did you just say and I'm, i was like well that's not my point you know but you you know, so I tried to continue the sentence and like, no, what did you just say? And I said, well, you know, like when you're sitting out in the trees and it's just all beautiful and you start to hear the beautiful poems and songs from the trees and they're like, Megan, no, most people don't do that. You need to write them down. So I started writing down these poems and I have uh, way over 500 beautiful poems that I just wrote from beginning to end. Boom, 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 boom. Like I'm taking um, the, the tree it, is doing it. Like the tree. Yeah. Is well, it, it's mostly just, yeah, I don't want to sound so crazy now, but it's, it's mostly just, 
like you said, connecting to spirit, connecting yes, to yes. God, connecting to the wholeness of the universe, connecting to the beauty. And that's what brought this up was you're saying that sometimes, or I think you said, I don't want to put words in your mouth, that all of the technology and the reliance on technology, reliance on um, the different things we have to communicate with, which is wonderful. That's how I'm talking to you. But sometimes it, we as humans begin to rely upon that. And that's where our senses go. Like in our brain, you know, we, we make connections in our brain according to what we are using. And if we stop using something, if we stop using the ability to ground our feet into the earth and then feel the beautiful energy from the sky, we will lose that because we're not practicing it. It's like literally a practice practice of yoga, practice of meditation. Yeah. And I think it's even beyond that. I think it's, um, which, so you're making an excellent point, but I also think that the Wi-Fi and the technology, you know, electricity, even once that started happening, um, actually is the, the frequency, cause we're all frequency that it is blocking. Uh, it's it, the technology itself is blocking the frequency of our minds. And that's the theories out there. And that, so for some reason you have stronger uh, frequency when it comes to your hearing. And so you can break through that. There's people that, that can see everything, you know, like Sherry, she can hear everything as if it's a matrix. There's people that can see mate. It's so, it's so fascinating that they have those capabilities, but we can learn so much off that. And I think there's the, the incredible abilities of animals we can learn from too. I mean, if, some, if an animal can smell a hundred thousand times better than me, I mean, they, they, they see a matrix, a smelling matrix. Exactly. It's like what I mentioned earlier, what you said, their sense of smell is like a compass. They can literally see 360 degrees up and down all around. Yeah. It's more than 360 yeah yeah which would be like a matrix like you like your friend um described it as that's that's really really fascinating well and, and sonar um, for bats you know they right. and so they see they they can see three-dimensional um with their hearing and the sonar or whatever that is and we but they can't see anything you know what i mean they their eyesight isn't it's the sonar and then they have the three-dimensional it's it's incredible yeah, the echolocation with dolphins, exactly the same thing. That's exactly, yeah. And, yeah. And, <laughs> and that's the transhumanism direction they want to go with humans. Ah. I, 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 yeah, and that's why this is such a fascinating discussion is to figure out what animals are doing and how, and I also wanted to know, you know, the trauma again, you know, they can feel our trauma. How are they doing now? Are you noticing animals changing right now? Oh, 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 you mean from the pandemic, from the trauma? Well, here's an interesting Yeah, thing. the trauma that's everywhere. Yeah. Um, dogs like humans, first of all, they, they do have these extra powerful senses, but dogs like humans are also individuals and um, all the dogs are feeling it. But let me talk about the difference between my dog, Super Smiley um, and Angel. I mentioned both of, that I had both of these dogs. They passed away from cancer just a few years ago. Oh, that's too bad. But um, they were an extraordinary team. And, and I got Angel first. She was in a shelter after my other two dogs passed away. And um, she was 10 months old and she was just sitting there in the shelter. So cute, little German Shepherd puppy. But, but the kind that it's, she was 10 months old. So she was big enough to look like a German Shepherd. But um but like a little mini one. And she was so adorable and they were about to close, you know, it was almost five o'clock and they said, you can't see this dog. Um, she's berserk. 
they use the word berserk and she's going to be put down tonight. She's not fit for adoption. Oh. And I said, well, let me just see her. Let me take her out and run in the little field, in the little playpen, meet and greet. And they said, no, she's scheduled to be put down. And I said, let me see her. And we, this went on for like three minutes. I'm like, no, let me see her. No, let me see her. Um, like the cat that keeps bouncing back in the person's face. And they're like, okay, we got to close. Let's get rid of this lady. Um, so yeah, visit with her. You're going to see. So I ran with her and her eyes were directly on me and running, running, playing. And I kind of pushed her over to see. And she smiled at me like, oh, what did you do that for? And I said, I'll take this dog. There's nothing wrong with her. Okay. So I took her and I got her home. This is getting to a point here. And um, when we got in the house, something triggered her and she jumped up on me and her arms started going like the helicopter like a helicopter big long german shepherd arms her eyes rolled back in her head and she started screaming like literally screaming i'm like okay this is what this is but it was just panic she was so fearful so fearful and i they gave me her entire um you know rep repertoire her whole portfolio which i don't think they were supposed to do they just were like leave leave we're gonna put her down just take her get out of here so um I was able to call all the her previous owners. Oh. And when I called them, I heard chaos, screaming, um, nothing wrong with kids playing, but like kids yelling in the background, complete chaos. And this was a suit. You've heard of highly sensitive people. This was a highly, highly sensitive dog. So I knew that I needed um, to get, and, but I got rid of this panic in literally 24 hours, just simply by um, positive reinforcement training. That's another topic here, which if we have time, I can tell you what I did, but literally in 24 hours, she was completely cured of this. I was her rescuer, her, you know, hero. And she was boom, went on to become a spokes dog, therapy dog, all this stuff. And she's the one who was at the bottom of the hotel with me who sensed that man. So super, super sensitive. So I needed to get a dog that was very grounded and um, confident. And it took me over a month in LA. I went to the shelters every single day, every single day, looking for this special, special, special dog. And one day I was in the shelter in Santa Monica and they had lots of pit bulls that had just been dumped there. Mm. And they were, they would jump up like five feet in there, bang against the walls, bam, 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 and howling, rah, 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 bam, bam. So loud, it was deafening. And I'm walking down the aisle there and I see this dog completely still, big dog with his eye looking through the bars. I just see this eye and it draws me over and he's so grounded. And I look in his eyes, he's looking deep into my eyes. And I said, are you my dog? It's like, I heard him say, yep. And I knew that was my dog. And he was on a hold for his owner had abandoned him in the street, but would not uh, legally relinquish him. So Smiley had to live there for 21 days till the, till that's the law. Um, the owner, then it was definitely considered abandoned. I visited him every day and I got Smiley. So Smiley was a confident, confident dog, which was a great, um, you know, foil to Angel's overreactivity. So to get back to answer your question, yes, all dogs are picking up on this, but they have different personalities just as humans do. So we need to be aware of um, our dog's body language. Dogs communicate with energy and body language. Um, is your dog exhibiting signs of stress, which can be constant yawning, constant licking of the lips. Those are signs that a lot of people don't know about. Then of course, withdrawal, um, being extra needy, um, glued, gluing themselves to you. So what I recommend is if you have a dog like that, um, to train them a little increments at a time for you to leave the house, because a lot of dogs are experiencing separation anxiety when their person goes back to work. And please, 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 please don't just abandon your dog, consult a trainer. I also do Zoom training, so people can reach out to me if you want to, um, to do Zoom dog training, um, because 
these dogs can be trained to be relaxed in the home. It's just that many people have adopted them as their sort of emotional support unit. And then when they don't need them anymore, they throw them away and that's mm. not good. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I think so you, how many, how many dogs are in need right now? Cause so many people did get oh, a dog. Yeah. It, it, do we just have this I don't avalanche. know the number, but I will tell you there is an, it's an avalanche to without oh, naming a number, an avalanche. All of my associates that work with shelters and rescues, all the rescues are completely filled up. That means the dogs are going to shelters, probably kill shelters. And these are beautiful, beautiful dogs. That's why I'm saying, please, please, please don't just abandon them at the shelter because shelters are running out of space. Um, get a trainer. Um, if the trainers are kind of expensive though, actually um, see, I teach a free group dog training class in my city, obviously you'd have to be here, um, but it's free, a community service to help people keep their dogs in their homes. Yeah, and, and my, my Zoom classes are not expensive because the thing is, is that I want to help people to keep the dogs in the homes. Dogs have an intelligence level of, you know, it varies anywhere from like a two-year-old to a six-year-old intelligence level. They can learn multiple words, multiple commands. They can pick, they can be trained to pick out various toys out of a pile, like go get the penguin and they'll know that word. So that's their intelligence level and their emotional level, in my opinion, is exactly on par with humans. They feel sadness, fear, love, anxiety, um, every play. We've all seen the dogs play, excitement, happiness. They feel everything. So how, and so here's what I think, how could someone abandon a creature like that? with an intelligence level of a four-year-old and the, the emotional level of an adult human. How could you leave something like that? Let's give them, give them a chance. You know, that's what I think. Well, you know, I have, it's funny because I have a dog that is not that confident, has more anxiety and stress, the most loving dog. And then we got a dog, another dog that's just perfect for him. She's like super uh -huh. confident, doesn't care. Doesn't have yeah. issues that way. Just totally, uh -huh. you know. But I, I find it sad that people get animals and then just abandon them because it's kind of like getting a child and abandoning them. You know, I it's yeah, yeah. You know, that's how that's how I feel. Um, but let's talk about pigs. Pigs are <laughs> yeah. Pigs actually cry. And they actually can draw pictures that are like a, a, a you know, like a four-year-old. They can draw pictures and stuff. I heard they're very difficult because yes. they don't bond like dogs do to humans. It takes longer. They do, but it takes longer to get them to bond. Is that correct? How, what, what do we yes, what but, do deal with pigs? Because pigs are really kind of incredible. They are. They're amazing. Um, studies have revealed, you know, don't know exactly what the study was that pigs are actually smarter than dogs. So I just said like anywhere from two to super genius dog, six years old, imagine it's a, a creature being even smarter than a dog. And they all, pigs also have emotions. They, they will throw fits. They'll be happy. Oh, they'll yeah. celebrate, bounce around their little feet. And then they'll like fuss at their person if they don't get fed at the right time. So pigs are very interesting creatures. Um, I volunteered at Best Friends for a week one time. And I worked all, in addition to the dogs, I was in Pig Paradise is the name of their pig rescue. And that the ladies, they have me ladies who were in charge of the pigs. They just loved their pigs. They would tell me about how smart they were and how they understood full sentences. And I, I was able to observe so many things. So um, 
one thing, first of all, if people are going, this goes back to dogs and everything. Whenever you get an animal, think of it in terms as a lifetime commitment, not just something, oh, I'm going to try out this one. And if it doesn't work, I'll get rid of it and I'll get something else. Really, really research it, especially remember there was that um, trend to get little pot belly pigs. Well, yes. that was a myth. Those pigs would grow up to be 400 pounds. So really know what you're doing before you get it, before you get into it. The keyword in that sentence is before. <laughs> and yep. um, yeah, so research that. And I also, I will get back to the pigs, but I also believe a hundred billion percent in rescuing rather than purchasing animals that have been created by humans. There are already so many in the shelters. Um, so I would suggest, please go to the shelter and, and get one of these beautiful animals. And there, there are lots of pig rescues. And um, yeah, pigs are, are quite amazing creatures when it comes to intelligence. And so also, since you're asking about this, the, the, the um, bigger picture, even bigger picture, I'm vegetarian. I would never eat a pig simply because of the torture. Well, not simply, but one of the reasons because the torture that's involved uh, in these animals' lives. I could never participate in mm. that. So that's just another thought. We don't need to get into that because it's kind of gruesome, but um, just another thing to think about, you know, be aware of everything, right? Yeah. So what is the deal with pigs? They can, they can, they're just like a eight-year-old, 10-year-old or what, I mean, their intelligence, <laughs> what are they? Cause you know, can they I, read? I mean, what? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, you're, you're, you're going beyond my pay grade. All I know is that I've worked with them. I did talk with these wonderful people for a month. They actually were on my podcast. So we went into great detail, but they're mostly telling stories about the, the pigs. And I observe them. I observe them talking. They're like, oh, 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 oh. and you can tell when they're happy. They celebrate little baby pigs are so cute too. They're very agile. They're not like these big fat ones that kind of lumber around. They can hop around. They can hop from one direction, hop, and then they're facing completely the other direction. And they dance, they, they skip around. They're so, so so cute but like with puppies know that they're not going to stay like that forever they're going to turn into this yes. thing they're going to fuss at you when they are hungry you're going to know it so you just have to really um i suggest actually that if you want to if you're thinking about getting a pig go to a pig rescue and volunteer even just for a week i don't mean you have to spend you know huge amounts of your life volunteering but then you get to see really 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 who it is you're inviting into your home and what their needs are so that's all I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. It's just so interesting. You know what these, these animals are like. Okay. Oh, you. it's amazing. It's amazing. I do, I do know a lot about horses. I've had horses all my life. And um, it's interesting working with horses. Oh my gosh. I, I rescued a horse when he was three and I had him for 32 years and he just passed mm. away like two years ago. And I am still, uh, I mourn my super smiley and my starfire every single day. It's just so sad. I miss him. We had such a communication. Oh my gosh. He could understand not only my words, but we were, we were very empathically connected. He could understand my thoughts and um, just so powerful. Think about it like this. Dogs are predators, right? Like wolves. Yep. They, if they're wild, they're going to go kill a rabbit and eat it. Right. Well, horses are the prey. Horses are like deer. So when you're communicating and riding a horse, you are, it's like riding a deer. You're riding a prey animal, not a predator. And so they are much more highly attuned and highly sensitized because to them, that is literally in their, in their development, their you know, DNA, that is life or death. They have to be attuned to every single thing. And my horse um, had been made dangerous from mishandling when he was three. He was um, 
oh, they got him out for me to ride him. They, I met him at this barn. I'd been riding another big horse, beautiful black horse named Coco. And they said, there's this, and I'd been visiting with this little Arabian every day who was way off to the side in a pen and a peacock was in there with him. And I would visit every day. And finally, some people came up to me, the barn workers and said, the owner knows you've been visiting with her horse. Do you want to ride him? And I was like, yeah, I'm so excited. Little Arabian, I get to ride him. And so they got him out and they were of a culture that's very violent with animals. And I didn't know oh. this. I'd never witnessed anything like this in my life. They, so they got him over to the, the tie rail, tie up rail. And they grabbed him by the ears, threw him to the ground by his ears. Oh, wow. Pinned their knee in his throat. And they shoved the bit in his mouth and, and then he stood up, but he was rearing over backwards because he was so terrified of these people. And then they were throwing a big Western saddle up in the air, trying to make it land on the horse's back. You heard me right. Throwing it up in the air, trying to make it land. And I was, I, I was like, what? Well, the and, animals, did the they always misbehave then? I mean, because they aren't going to behave gentle like people want them no. to. No, this is the way this horse had been handled. He had been made dangerous from being wow. treated like this. Okay. Yeah. So I said, just get away from him. Give me a leg up bareback. So I did, because I've been riding all my life. I got on this little horse and it was the most beautiful, magical ride of my life. It was like riding a little unicorn. And we went up through the mountains in Chatsworth and in Los Angeles and just up and through the trails and, and, and he would go off the trail because he didn't know what a trail was, but it was so much fun. And then when I got back to the barn, the owner of the barn met me at the, the bottom of the trail, was screaming at me saying, you could have been killed. This horse is crazy. And in my mind, and I just, it wasn't my horse. So I just, you know, looked at him. But in my mind, I was thinking, nope, all these people are crazy. And I got off of him and with great sadness, I handed him back to those people who I don't know what they're thinking, but he was, he was going to slaughter the next day because no one could get near him. And then oh, when I got okay. home, the owner, a young woman called me and said, I heard you rode my horse. He's going to slaughter. You want him? And like, yeah, I do. So the interesting thing is she said, okay, I'll bring you over paper to sign. I'm, I'm thinking it's just a paper saying, I'm giving you this horse. She's your property now. What she brought over was registration papers. This horse was a registered Arabian and on his mother's blood bloodline and his father's bloodline was Bosque, a horse named Bosque, who was world champion. This little mm. slaughter throwaway horse was double world champion ancestry in his in his heritage, in his DNA. And I got him and started building him up with um, supplements and and, you know, starting training him properly. And that from that trauma that's how we bonded and we became, our communication became so close and our tr trust level of each other became so close. It, it's, I have the vision, um, I'm a yoga teacher and I meditate and, you know, I mentioned being connected to animals and the trees. And when I visualized Starfire after he passed away, I had this vision of like, we both were spirit, like a column of, of light, you know, yeah. and, and this, the column split. And we both agreed to come to earth and um, I would come in human form and he would come in horse form and we would Aww. learn to. Yeah. So that's how deep our thing was, our connection. I know it's so sad. So anyway, that's Starfire. So what got, what got me off on this? Oh, just talking about how, how horses are so super, super, super sensitive. So even people. Well, and people get connected to their horses at a whole nother level that, oh, they do. I, you know, <laughs> and, and and that's probably because I haven't ridden horses. I haven't been around horses. I've been around dogs, but I don't understand that. And people are, they, 
you see it in movies and you see it in all those things. And it's, it's, you're saying that they have a whole nother sense and they're just, what do, what is their amazing? I know they can feel around and they sense everything. Can they sense how you feel about them then? I mean, because oh, this horse could tell that percent. you were, you, you're, this horse could tell that you were gentle and you cared about them and it just, then it just relaxed. Yes. As, as we mentioned how super sensitive dogs are as compared to humans sensitive, I mean, they can, they can sense things, they can hear things, they can smell things. Horses, I don't know the statistics, but in my mind, or a, I'll just say a zillion times <laughs> more sensitive than the dogs, because as I said, the best way to understand it is dogs are predators. So it, their life does depend upon, you know, wild dogs, wolves, upon catching that rabbit. But the horses are the prey. So they have got to be super, super heightened in their senses to know what's out there. Like if a twig snaps, my horse was an Arabian, which already is a super sensitized breed. Um, twig snaps, they're up, they're looking, their heads are way up in the sky. I like to say, you know, they're up on their hooves, but they get even taller. Like they're standing up on their, on their toenails. The hooves are like their toenails and they're prancing around. And horses, if you notice, dogs' eyes are in front, like humans' eyes are in front. That's because we are predators. We look forward, we look forward. Horses' eyes are on the side of their head and well, the front to the side and they're big round eyes. So they can see almost 360 degrees around them because they have to be able to see that to survive. Their ears will rotate completely backwards so they can hear everything. They're so, and their, their hooves, um, the higher up on the feet an animal is, the faster they can run. Like a bear is on his flat feet. Dogs are up sort of on their toes, right? Horses yep. are literally on their toenails, the hooves, they're on their toenails. So then they'll pop up even higher so they can run and very, very bouncy. Like if something scares them, they'll bounce around and they'll circle 360 degrees, bounce, 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 um, making sure that they stay alive. So when a human can communicate with horses, to me, that is, that is way up there. <laughs> That's such an honor. I mean, as far as being honored by this animal, you know, to, to uh, trust the human, me to take care of my beautiful starfire. So, wow. What an interesting story. Thank so you. you say that you train, you'll do training for people and their animal. Where do yes. you train? You said you yeah, did it. Uh, yeah, you do it where you yes. have a free thank training. You. Please tell me where you have your free training. And oh, then how thank could, you so much for asking. Yeah. Yeah. I lived ahead. in Malibu for years. Here's, um, right now I'm in Greensboro, North Carolina. And if anybody's near here, it's at LaBauer Park, this Greensboro downtown park. So I'm actually the dog trainer for the city of Greensboro. And we offer a free group dog training class every single Sunday at 4.30 in the park. And it's free to the public. You can come as many, many times as you want. Um, people come back because it's just so much fun. And then also though, for people around the country, I offer a training over Zoom. And um, you would just contact me through my email. My website is meganblakeofficial.com. And there's all kinds of you know, ways to just punch here for my email. And it's also um, same link, um, webeginnow.com. I just got that registered trademark, we begin now, because I believe that wherever we are with our pets, like with Starfire being groomed perfectly to be dangerous and go to slaughter, you know, wherever yeah. you are with Angel being berserk, Wherever you're, wherever you are at this moment, it's also a very Zen concept for people. We begin now. 
So we begin now.com will also get you there. Thank you for asking. It is a Zen concept. I mean, you are where you are. Yeah. So just go from there yeah. and start. Yeah. Now, yeah. one thing, um, you are really into C60 for pets. And I want yes! to- Yes, oh my God, I'm so glad you asked that. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you about that. How have you seen C60 work for different types of pets? Because- you know, people have asked me a lot, is it good for them? Is it not? And, you know, it's good for humans. It's good for pets. But what have you seen personally? Yes. Well, C60, this is so everybody, so we catch everybody up, is a supplement, a natural supplement for humans, dogs, and horses. And I'm so excited that I'm on it myself. I absolutely love it. And my dog, Anandita, is on it. Anandita is my new German Shepherd pup um, who kind of walked by <laughs> a little bit during yep. our podcast here. And she's a young girl. She's young German Shepherd, tons of energy. So I have her on it to, um, to help keep her young. Um, our DNA has something on the ends of the little strands called telomeres and telomeres are an indication of, of our age and not necessarily our chronological age, but how much wear and tear our bodies have um, experienced throughout life, whether it's from disease or chemical pollutants or whatever it is, bad eating. And there's been studies that have shown that people on C60 humans on C60, the telomeres not only stay intact better, but they actually repair themselves and begin mm -hmm. to get a little bit more growth and longer like a younger person. And the DNA and, and the chemicals, the deep, deep molecules and chemicals in our body is what keeps our organs functioning, our blood healthy, our skin, you know, everyone's trying to look youthful and beautiful, our skin looking better. And it's the exact same concept with the animals. Now, as far as what I've seen, I've read, I've heard and talked to so many people whose older dogs have actually gotten more energy. Some dogs with arthritis have actually started walking better because I guess, because the joints become more lubricated. We all know that um, arthritis, um, not rheumatoid, but the other arthritis is a buildup of of the bone and extra calcium. And sometimes that does get better with people through drugs, but this is a natural way to help us regain our health through um, anti-inflammatories. C60 is um, an anti-inflammatory that's many, many, many times stronger than vitamin C. Um, there are over 28,000 published studies, published studies on C60. So I'm, I'm a big, big advocate of it. And um, if you want to try it for your pet, um, my, my link is petslovec60.com and C stands for carbon. It's a carbon molecule, C60, um, which is really, really cool. Did I answer that question? I know I kind of went on there, but there, I could talk about that forever as well. No, that's okay. I just want to know if you used it and how it worked for you. I've been, I've been covering C60 for gosh, with Max and Phil and company for probably five Thank years you. now. So yeah, well, I knew y'all were friends, but yeah, I yeah. love it. I've been taking it and I actually have more energy. I'm a yoga teacher and um, my joints are really, they feel better. I feel stronger. I feel more grounded. Now, when I use the word grounded, I feel that's just like strength from my feet up through the center of my body. Cause that's, I just speak that way as a yoga teacher. Um, I feel more grounded, more powerful in that body center in using C60. I love it. And um, oh, my mini horse. Minnehaha, I have a miniature horse who is Starfire's companion. After I got him, I got him a, a little companion horse and um, she's taking C60. So that's, they have an equine formula as well that have been, that's been really, really helpful for high performance horses, like show horses, dressage horses. Um, so yeah, How about I race highly, horses? highly, highly recommend. 
Well, how about I don't know about racehorses. I've heard, I, yeah, I would think that, that they would want to do that, but I don't know anything about the racehorses using it, but I do know high performance show horses that have been using it. Yeah, interesting. So, okay. Yeah, well, I just, I think it ties, you know, I just wanted to ask you about all those, the, their super sensory abilities and how that ties in, because I know it's, you know, transhumanism is on the, it, 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 it's, it, it's coming, right? That's what they're talking about. And if you look at what the animals can do, that's what they're trying to do to people. There was a Netflix special or show that had children being born where they were a mix of different animals and humans. And yeah, it was an interesting, I know, but they're doing a lot of experiments like that where they're mixing human and animal DNA. That's something they're doing. They're not talking about it. Yeah, those are yeah, my inside sources. <laughs> So, um, yeah. And so that's why it's just fascinating to hear what you have to say about animals, but thank you so much for joining the program. I really appreciate it. It's just been an entertaining, different kind of show. And I really appreciate that. Sarah, thank you so, so, so much. I, I appreciate being invited on and, um, I just can't thank you enough. You're, you're what you, all the information you give out to the world is so powerful and I want to thank you so much. And can I say my website one more time? So oh, yes. Can come visit me. Yeah, I want to invite everybody to come visit me. And um, I have videos up for dog training and just like Sarah, all kinds of things that I feel could be helpful to the world. And it's at um, MeganBlakeOfficial.com or WeBeginNow.com. That's easy. And then PetsLoveC60.com. There you go. Thank you, Sarah. Excellent. And here comes your dog coming in. There he is right at the time. My sweet yeah, it was like it was just a perfect uh, entrance right when... <laughs> You ended. And what's yeah. his name again? This is Anandita. Anandita, um, Ananda is an ancient Sanskrit word that means um, joy from heaven, bliss from, from God. And my dog, Super Smiley, had just passed away. So I wanted to name her a beautiful, uplifting name. And Dita is girl. So Anandita is the girl who brings great joy. So she has quite a legacy to fulfill for me. <laughs> so that is so awesome. Well, you used to be, you had a PBS show that ran for a long time. Yes. Do you, yes. Are you still doing that? No, as a, but as a matter of fact, it ran for three seasons and, and won um, a telly award, nominated for an Emmy award. So it did really, really well um, for three seasons. And then we were going to bring it back a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, right when the pandemic hit. Oh. So we couldn't do that. And now sponsors are a little leery because we don't, they don't know what's happening, you know, with our world. Or yeah. Economy. Yes. Yes. I'm still so it'll happen. It'll happen yeah. in the future. I well, so. I want it to, I really, I, I miss it so much. I love giving information about these beautiful little creatures that enhance our lives so much. Well, thank you, yeah. Megan. You're a blessing. And thanks again. Thank you. You have a beautiful day, Sarah. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Bye.